Bears and Ballers, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and you can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith. I'm going to ride solo today because my buddy Trey just couldn't handle it, couldn't hack it, uh, just totally upset at the Bulls dropping their fifth straight loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, 106 to 121. I'm joking, by the way, he's watching the Batman. Uh, and I'm going to see if he's going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 like I did, or better, or worse. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. Um, I enjoyed it, though. Everyone go see it. <laughs> but the Bulls do drop their fifth straight here, 106 to 121, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Not surprising at all, uh, especially when Vucevic was ruled out uh, before the game started. Just uh, he is dealing with a hamstring issue, which, uh, you know, he's a big man, uh, large gentleman. And it might take him a minute to, to recover from that. Hopefully he's okay and can play in the, in the next one uh, for the Bullies on Wednesday. But if he cannot attack that, uh, it's a big loss. You know, I know Trey and I have been on talking about um, him, Nikola Vucevic, being the most important part of the Chicago Bulls squad. And that doesn't mean he's the star. doesn't mean he's the offensive guy. doesn't mean he's, you know, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. It just means that when we are missing Nikola Vucevic, it is um, a loss on this squad, on this roster, that is extremely difficult for us to overcome because we just don't have the size to back him up. It's nice that we have Tristan Thompson that we could have thrown in there tonight. I, uh, I'm not I'm not really that upset about this loss because the Bulls, uh, they did battle hard, man. They battled in this one. They gave themselves a chance to you know hang around, see what happens. Maybe the, the Sixers went cold or something. That didn't happen, obviously. Uh, so it, it's a loss. It was kind of a uh, guaranteed loss as soon as uh, as soon as Vooch was, was pulled out. And uh, just not surprising at all. But again, this is the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage podcast. Uh, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. That's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now at FantasyBK on Twitter. Uh, and follow me at Keith also on Twitter. Do it. I, I have fun. I, I post a lot of things, and no one ever, uh, you know, don't have enough people to go out there and retweet me. So just uh, go follow me and then retweet all the amazing uh, hot basketball takes that I have out there because they're all uh, fantastic, especially when they pertain to the Bulls. Um, but yeah, you're going in, uh, you know, again, uh, expected loss here. We're uh, going into Philadelphia, playing the Sixers at their home court. Harden and Embiid are on the team, and we're playing without four of our top seven players. Just uh, name me one team in the league that can go do that and win that game. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you can say this, the, the Clippers. Like, the Clippers are playing fantastic without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I don't know how. I think Teron Lou's doing a fantastic job. Uh, I haven't watched enough Clippers basketball to really you know, delve into that. Go follow uh, – no, we don't have a Clippers show on Sportsitos, but go follow some Clippers, Clippers show and, uh, you know, come back and tell me how they're doing it because I would love to know. But yeah, I, I just didn't uh, didn't think that the Bulls stood a fighting chance there. Even when the Bulls were just down, you know, only ten or twelve points, they they cut it to about eight, ten, six points sometime there in the uh, third end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. It never felt like we actually had a chance to win this game. I never was fooled for one second here. The uh, Sixers, specifically 
when Embiid and Harden are on the floor together and they're running that pick and roll. Just absolutely unstoppable for the Bulls. We just don't have the don't have the personnel to deal with it. Uh, you've got Embiid rumbling to the, the front of the rim and just finishing over Zach Levine. <laughs> like, like Zach Levine's the guy that's that's meeting him there at the rim on that roll, and it's just not it's not ideal. It's not something that's going to work in our favor nine times out of ten. Uh, and we saw the results. We saw what happened. Embiid goes ahead and drops, what, 43, I think it was? Uh, where, where is he here? 43 points on 15 of 27 shooting. So just uh, incredible. 12 of 16 from the line. Uh, you know, gosh, I I do like the Philadelphia 76ers on paper. I do think that they are a great basketball team and have two very, very impressive stars there in Harden and Embiid. But man, the flailing! Oh my gosh, it gets so old after a minute. It's like, dude, like and there were times when uh, like Harden would be driving, and uh, you know the Bulls drive in the same way like the the play before. Don't get a call. Run back on defense. Same type of play. Harden doesn't get the call, and he's whining at the refs. It's like, dude, have a little bit of pre- like understanding of the situation here. Like the situation is the refs aren't calling either, either way. The refs were letting a lot of things go. It was a very physical game, which usually doesn't bode well for the Bulls. Uh, I think it didn't bode well for them again tonight. There's just no size for the Bulls to handle uh, the 76ers who are just bigger than the Bulls pretty much all over the court. Uh, you got Thibel, you've got, um, you know, Tobias Harris, you've got uh, Embiid, obviously. Uh, Harden, even though he's not necessarily that tall, he plays big, uh, very strong, uh, very strong with the basketball, particularly. So, um, and let me say something about NBA League Pass because NBA League Pass screwed me again. I, I'm so sick of being screwed by NBA League Pass because I couldn't get my app on my phone. Uh, as you all know, I was at work uh, trying to watch this while I was working, but I couldn't get the uh, game on my phone to work. And I had to go reset my cache, and then I had to clear my data, and then I had to delete, uninstall, and reinstall the app. So I missed basically the entire first quarter, unfortunately. I turned it in right in the middle of a 13-4 to Sixers run uh, where the Sixers were just yakking them from three and uh, draining them left to right, man. I, I felt like they made every three tonight. Honestly, they just shot 40%. I actually looked at that. That was the first thing I looked at. When I popped on here, getting home from work, only forty percent from three, but it felt like they hit everything. George's Nain, uh, Niang, hopefully I'm saying that right. Eighteen, uh, nineteen minutes almost, and hit four of seven from three, fourteen points, just incredible. Uh, two of five from for Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Matisse Thybul hit the only three he took. Isaiah Joe hit that three uh, in the fourth quarter, which was just devastating. Uh, Shake Milton hit a three. Danny Green hit a three. One for one. One for one. One for one. Um, what really brought them down here? James Harden going one of five. That's really the only. Oh, and as Isaiah Joe only went one of four. So those are the only two guys that really brought them down. Everyone else shot lights out, lights out from the three point line. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Embiid was one of three, so I guess you can count him in that. Oh, and, and Tobias Harris was one of three, so. But all the tertiary characters, I guess I would call them, <laughs> the people that uh, are not the stars of the, or the starters, uh, 
all hit their threes. Like it just was incredible. They were knocking them down. Um, just felt like they were hitting every single one. Let me uh, say though, if you're playing their props on Thrive, you probably did well. But let me go ahead and shout out our daily fantasy partner, Ad Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at ThriveFantasy.com. Use code Ethos when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit, up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Go do it to it. Yeah, make it happen. Um, back to the Bulls. Giving up 37 first quarter points. Uh, not surprising at this point in the season. Um, I just, I hate to say the same thing every podcast, but I just can't wait to get Lonzo Ball, Caruso, Patrick Williams back. These are the keys to unlocking uh, any kind of defensive defensive uh, you know competency that we might have on this roster. And without those guys, it's just there's just so much lacking in terms of uh, point of attack defense, in terms of help side defense, uh, you know, rotations, second and third rotations after the, the pick and roll action happens on the offensive side. There's just so much that's missing. Um, that just it's just it's just so bad. It's just there's the Bulls defense is bad the transition defense is terrible the the Sixers like it, it was just set up for them to win perfectly because their defense is incredible like you would see the Bulls would get into the interior they get into a spot where you you, fe- you figure they have a pretty decent shot and they would end up passing it out in, in a pretty risky looking pass and, and you, if you're just watching this and you're kind of a casual fan you're going why why aren't they just shooting the basketball um but if you're on that court and you're playing in this game um you know this is a different kind of this is, uh, similar to Miami Heat it, you know you're, you're seeing arms and, and, and faces and, and whatever you're seeing bodies everywhere whenever you penetrate there I want the Bulls to take notes on the Sixers defense and how they handle rotations when someone gets beat and how they meet somebody at the rim because the Sixers were just spot on with that their defense is just you, you can say what you want about Doc Rivers uh, he has his own you know ineptitudes and his own weaknesses and and he gets a lot of you know gaff for for just not performing well in the playoffs and I get that and maybe it'll happen again and maybe you know he's he's on the the best coaches of all time list I know that much but say what you will about him but you know that defense is just incredible and they play their their minds out on the defensive end for their coach for their team and uh you know credit the players too obviously Got a lot of great guys like Matisse Thibel and like uh, Danny Green, who are guys that have a lot of length and know how to use that length and are athletic and and just you know, it's a tough tough defense. And the Bulls had a really hard time um, finding the seams. They had a far hard time finding the seams and then executing uh, once they had once they were inside those seams. So. Um, yeah, just got to give credit, to credit where it's due. Sixers' defense was incredible. I want the Bulls to just take note. Uh, rotations, meeting people at the rim, got to do that stuff. Uh, I love that they had Ayodesumu on uh, James Harden. I didn't think he did particularly well on James Harden. James Harden got pretty much whatever he wanted, but he is James Harden, probably, potentially, the best offensive player in the NBA. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give IO a pass. It is what it is. Uh, I love that IO is picking him up full court. I love the effort level he gave. Uh, and you know, there's no one else on our team that can do it. So I was okay with it. Uh, I could tell though, in this game, you know, the bulls have been hearing the noise off the court and you know, the noise is, and Trey and I said this, give us credit guys, give us credit. Where's the, we're wrong. I mean, like 
Trey and I are wrong sometimes. Like, and I'll admit that. If you call me out on it, Trey calls me out on it. Sometimes we're wrong. We're human. But we were definitely right on the fact that the narrative surrounding the Bulls was going to shift hard into they can't be good teams. They're 12 and 19 or whatever it is, 18 against teams over 500. And it's a valid criticism. I mean, I can't, I, I can't refute those. That's a, that's a true statement. <laughs> those are, that's something you can. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to argue facts. It's something you can look up. It's something you can verify. I can't argue that. Um, but it's just it, there's no context to that to that statement. And the context is yet again you're missing four. Well, tonight four out of your top seven, three out of usually top seven players uh, on this team. And the it, it just changes the entire makeup, the entire identity of this basketball team when those guys aren't out there. It's been a lot less fun to watch this Bulls team over the last month and a half, and they've been basically a, a 500 team, than it was to open the season. And they were demolishing people and just playing great basketball. This is not as fun to watch. Um, but I'm forcing myself to watch it just for you guys because, hey, I love the Bulls. I love you guys. I love breaking down the Bulls for you guys. I love telling you what I'm seeing and seeing if you agree with me or disagree with me. And I'd love to hear that too. You can go ahead and leave us a five-star review for the podcast. And uh, yeah, tell me, uh, you know, tell me I, I suck and I don't know what I'm talking about. Just leave five stars. Then other people can find me and tell me I suck. And then maybe I'll get off the air and you won't have to listen to me anymore. There's a, hey, I'm smart. I'm, I'm smart, man. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Embiid and and uh, Harden when they were both together on the floor, um, it's just it, there was nothing the Bulls could do. It, it was just unstoppable. Uh, if the Bulls get healthy, it's still going to be virtually unstoppable, but they have a better chance. But. I actually thought, and I, I would have to look this up. I wish Trey was here to, to join me. He's usually better at looking this stuff up than I am. I felt like when it was just Harden on the floor, the Bulls were winning. Like the Bulls won the minutes when it was Harden was on the floor and Joel Embiid was resting on the bench. And that's what kept them in the game. Um, when Embiid was in, even just by himself, it's just there was just too much giant man uh, for the Bulls to handle, especially without Vucevic. And I was saying before the game, uh, I think to – Oh, no, I said this to Trey yesterday uh, when we were talking about, you know, Vooch may be missing this game. I said, I'd rather have Vooch in this game over Tristan Thompson. I know people are like, oh, Tristan Thompson, he's a defensive guy. He's a defensive stopper and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But not for not for this specific kind of player. Like, he, yeah, I would rather have Tristan Thompson on a Giannis type for sure. Like, Vooch isn't going to guard a Giannis type. But if you want to have somebody guard Embiid, Vooch is your guy. Like, you needed Vooch tonight to even stand any kind of chance. And it wasn't a good chance to begin with, but even any kind of chance, you need a Vooch. Um, but here's what I want Vooch to do. And I hope, you know, I didn't know, I didn't see him uh, when I was glancing at my, my phone and watching the game. I didn't see him on the sidelines there. I hope he was, and I hope he was taking notes on how fast Embiid makes decisions in the post when he has a little guy on him. I think it was DeMar he had on him when I, when I took this note. And... He had, I think, it was think it was Demar, and Demar was basically fronting him at the elbow, uh, playing you know kind of a, a three quarter front, like he wasn't totally like denying the basketball. It wasn't it wasn't like an over the top pass, but he got the ball. It felt knew where the defender was, spun away from him, saw the second defender coming to help, which was I'm sure by design defensively for the Bulls, 
and he drew the foul. Like he was like, catch, one dribble, see the defender, crossover, into the body, fall over, shoot the ball, go to the line for two shots. Like and it happened within like, you know, point what four seconds or something. Like it was that's the stuff that Vooch uh you know, and I love him. I, you know, I think he's a, a again a three level scorer. We've talked about it plenty on the show. Um, he's got his certain, sp- you know, specific not specific even. He's got a set of skills that are unique. He can score from three. He can score from the mid range. He can score from down low. But I, there are times when he has a mismatch or he has he just has doesn't have the awareness that would be displayed in this particular scenario that I would love to see him have to make a quick move, get the ball out of his hands and up to the rim. Like, like Embiid's, like, season now. Like, he's been dealing with double teams, triple teams, especially especially before they had Harden. Like, he's, like, taking on the entire opposing team at times. But you need to look at that stuff, man, and that's the stuff that Vooch needs to do, man. He needs, like, he needs to go. Like, there's no time to turn around and survey. Um, there's no, you know, there's no time to sit, like, miss a bunny. Like, uh, he didn't even have to take a bunny. To miss it, Embiid did because this is smart. This is NBA basketball. He went and found a body and went to the floor and knew he was going to get the call, and he has a free chance at the rim. Like, that, uh, like that's the smart stuff that I just don't see Vooch doing. Uh, and I don't mean to knock the guy. I think you know, comparing anybody to Embiid is going to be a losing scenario for the anybody in that scenario because Embiid's just incredible. Embiid's having an MVP season. Uh, if Embiid doesn't win MVP. It better be Jokic. And if it's not Embiid or Jokic, I, I just don't understand basketball anymore, I guess. And I, I'll quit the pod. How about that? Because I'm that confident that Embiid or Jokic is going to win uh, MVP. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, man, they were making everything difficult for Zach Levine. Zach Levine had a rough night, man. Matisse Thibel obviously shadowing him. Uh, incredible defender, lots of length, but every single shot he took was a fadeaway. Uh, just not comfortable looking uh, off balance. Eight of nineteen from the field, forty-two percent, twenty-four points. Still did just fine. Uh, five of eight from the line for some reason. I'm not sure why. Three of six from behind the line, which is pretty pretty darn good. Uh, five assists and five turnovers, though. The assist to turnover ratio, obviously, just dreadful. Not good. The five turnovers is the big thing that sticks out there. We don't really need assists from Zach Levine. Uh, be nice to get them. Be nice for him to have a little bit more awareness, but I'm not expecting that at this point. But the five turnovers are something that just can't happen. Just can't happen. If you want to beat good teams. Like, it, it, like sure, you can have five turnovers against the Houston Rockets and, and beat them. Like, whatever. That's <laughs> not... Or, the, you know, the Atlanta Magic or, or whatever, you know, but... You want to beat Philadelphia, you want to beat the 76ers, you can't have five turnovers as Zach Levine. You just can't, man. Um, and, you know, that's that's easy for me to say, sitting here in my, uh, you know, chair in the basement and uh, watching on my phone while I, you know, watch people watch, do some work. And uh, easy for me to say, hard to do. I, I'm not going to sit, sit here and say that, like, Zach wasn't trying or anything like that. It's not like I'm mad at Zach. Um, it's just we need a little bit more, man. Like, if he's going to be that max player, and I totally think he deserves it, Trey and I have talked about before, you can go ahead and pull up the tape, he deserves it. But if he's going to get that bag, man, he's got he's just got to evolve. His game's got to evolve. And he played so well last season. I don't know why there's been a regression this season. I know he's a little bit banged up. Everyone's a little bit banged up in the NBA, man. I'm not... 
I'm I'm not going to use that as an excuse for him. If he's banged up to the point where it's affecting him that badly, he needs to sit. Just needs to sit. I mean, you know, we, we've got Luch. We've got uh, Damar. We have Lonzo when he's healthy. If it's affecting you that much, just sit, man. So you're playing. I'm going to judge you because you're playing. And and we need better, man. We need to, we just need you to be a little bit better. A little bit better. Because he still is incredible on the offensive end. Where I'd love to see him take a leap is the defensive end. Because defensively, his awareness is just absolute dreadful, just dog crap. Um, and I just can't handle it sometimes. Because he's just always, always, always making some kind of mental error um, that just costs points in, in crucial points of the game. So Zach Levine. Need a little bit more from you, man, on the defensive end. Uh, offensively, you're, you're a stud, but uh, the game has two sides, man. And I know it's hard to see because no one cares about the other side, but uh, I do. <laughs> and it's, it's rough to watch, man. Uh, a little bit of defense there. Um, Embiid, I was watching Embiid, this seven foot one monster of a man uh, that can dunk it over you and shoot a three and, and do everything. He's a, he's a three-level scorer, basically, too. Uh, well, he is. Uh, not basically. He just is. He's just got more power than, than Vucevic. And I watched, I'm watching this guy here do the, the Chris Paul rip through on Tristan Thompson. Like, that's just – that you know, that's an evolution of an NBA player because he's just – it's just smart, man. If you want to – you have to take advantage of everything in the game. Like – Great. You know, you want to do it the hard way and be Jimmy Butler and just like drive out of your mind 99% of the time and take hard fouls and go to the line and stuff like, you know, you can do things your way if you want, but being smart and learning from other players. I mean, we saw him obviously try the hard and step back that didn't go over so well. I mean, he'll, I'm sure he'll learn it though. He'll add it to his game, man. And beats incredible. I watched him do that Chris Paul rip through and, uh, you know, get a foul. And it's just like, it, it, like just, just so smart. Just so smart. No answer for Embiid inside tonight. Um, without Vooch, just no way. Um, complaining about fouls. Derrick Jones Jr. actually had a really good game again. I believe he had a really awesome game at the last, time, last game as well. Uh, he was 4-6 from the field, 8 points. He had six rebounds, two steals, and three blocks. Just really a lot of activity, man. His his athleticism, um, just being able to attack the interior and cut to the hole and giving our ball handlers an option that's not just standing in the corner and shooting a three is just so so valuable. So I was um there's there's a there's a situation where I was a little bit wrong because I really just didn't see a lot of value in Derek Jones Jr. I've never been like a, a big Let's play Derrick Jones Jr., you know, 21, 20 plus minutes guy uh, a night. And he played 21 minutes tonight, and they were um, really, really valuable minutes. I think he might have probably been the best player on the, you know, in terms of like his role, probably the best player on the floor, like in terms of like performing better than a replacement player in his role, if that makes sense. Like, I think, yeah, that makes sense. I know that makes sense. In my mind, it does. Go back and listen to it again. It'll make sense to you, I promise. Um, but no, Derek Jones Jr. was great. A uh, couple really good games in a row. Um, just, you know, again, activity uh, on the boards, on offense, cutting, uh, being able to finish over people in the lane, being able to absorb contact uh, just brings a lot to the, to the table that other 
players don't necessarily bring. Kobe White also brought a lot of energy tonight and seven of 16 from the floor. Uh, at one point, I think he was like seven of 13. So I uh, must've missed a few shots at the end there, but uh, three of nine from behind the line. Um, again, you know, we were playing catch up at the end. So I'm not really going to fault him for that. 19 points, a uh, couple assists, zero turnovers. That's key, man. No turnovers, 19 points. That's like right where I need him. That's like, this is an average stat line for him. And he played above average uh, based on the eye test here. He had a block also. Um, so I, I love what I saw out of Kobe tonight. Um, definitely needed his offense. And, man, are we glad that we didn't trade him at the deadline, aren't we, man? I, I You know, hey, I said, you know, and I said a lot about Kobe. I said also that, you know, at, at the point where he was playing really well, they could have traded him if they would have been able to get something back that could have helped them with these other issues we're talking about. But when we're talking about scoring and, and Kobe's role scoring the ball, I mean, I don't think there's many better people out there that are going to score the basketball like Kobe White. So he brings such a – particular skill set that the Bulls really do need coming off that bench. It's really valuable. And I know, I know I've said that before and uh, just, just totally rang true tonight. So uh, big ups to Kobe. Uh, just so frustrating to watch these guys fail to secure rebounds at the end of the game. Not surprising anymore. It just, it's happens like every game, but it's just so, so, so frustrating because they'll play good defense on a couple, you know, one out of every three possessions, let's say. They'll play good defense and they'll force a, a miss, but they can't secure the rebound. They're giving up second, third, fourth chances. It's just you're not going to win basketball games like that. It just can't happen. Um, Sixers only got eight offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, I want to see. How many did they get in the fourth quarter, though? They had four of those in the fourth quarter because that was down the stretch. So I was really angry that they just couldn't secure a rebound. They they did okay. Um the rest of the game. It wasn't like egregious, but it's just, it's significantly enough below the mean that like, it's a problem. So just again, length uh, and the ability and size and the ability to out rebound uh, the people. But you're asking, like you're asking again, you're asking Levine to rotate over defensively on a beat and then try to box him out and grab a rebound over Joel Embiid. Like that, like there were several times in the third and fourth quarter where Embiid was grabbing rebounds over Zach Levine. Like it's just not, that's that's where we're at because of who's on the floor. So uh, tough loss, uh, five in a row, five losses in a row for this Bulls team. Uh, it's just it's just not going to get any easier here. The Bulls' uh, schedule is just brutal to close out this uh, season. We need to turn it around. We get the Pistons on Wednesday, thankfully, so hopefully that'll be a turnaround there. We get the Cavs on Saturday, so we got a, a couple of days rest in between there, and I'm hoping those Bulls can uh, you know beat the Cavs on Saturday and then make it three in a row on Monday against the Kings. And then the Jazz, we go uh, play the Jazz in Utah uh, on that following Wednesday, March 16th. And so if they can get it rattled off a little 3-0 and here, I'm going to feel much better. Um, but just right now, uh, it just feels like, you know, it's inevitable that we're going to slip some more in the standings. They're still currently in fourth place uh, in the Eastern Conference, four and a half games behind the Miami Heat. But the Celtics are only a half game behind us in fifth place, uh, five games behind the Heat. And, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see a world in which the Bulls hang on to the fourth seed over the Celtics because the Celtics are just red hot right now. Uh, and they've got Tatum and Brown, and they're relatively healthy. So, I yeah, I definitely think the Celtics will leap us. I think we can stave off the Cleveland Cavaliers here. We're only a game and a half behind us, but there, there's no guarantees there, man. There really is not. Uh, Toronto Raptors are four and a half games behind us. So, I got a little cushion there, but, man, 
got to string some some wins together. The Bulls are five and five in their last ten. So, uh, you know, even though we've lost five in a row, we're still five and five in our last ten. If you take a little bit of a longer view, there, it's not time to panic just yet. But it is getting a little bit concerning. It's a little bit of a mild concern there. Um, I'm looking here at the win streaks, actually. Every other team that's in the top six has a win streak right now, except for the, the Bulls have a, a five-loss streak. So the Bulls are, are heading downwards. Everyone else seems to be heading upwards. Uh, there's only a one-game win streak for the Sixers and a one-game win streak for the, for the Cavs, but still. Uh, Toronto Raptors have lost three in a row, so there you go. Um, but yeah, it, it's we got to turn this around, man. Um, but before I go here, guys, this is going to be in. But quickly before I set off, I want to also remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code hoopball on the third page. Uh, sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. That's going to do it for us, guys. I am Keith Cork. You can find me again on Twitter at Keith, And you can follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls. Until next time, go Bulls, go. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.